Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about banned books for Banned Book Week. Banned Book Week. We finally, I finally got my shit together enough to plan in advance to celebrate Banned Book Week. And this is, will help people take off another, um, another goal on the Reading Glasses challenge. Another yes. challenge goal. Yes. yes. First, what are you reading? I just started last night a book that needs no introduction. Um, it's uh, the new Colson Whitehead book, um, Harlem uh. Shuffle. Um, I love Colson Whitehead. He can really write anything, which is very impressive. Like, uh, yeah, you name it, he's written it. And now, now he's doing um, a historical fiction heist set in Harlem in the 1960s. Um, I literally just started it, so I can only tell you what I know about it from what I've read about it, but it's about a guy who gets caught up in like some sort of heisty thing. He's like, he's like a guy who has like family and he sells a little extra, uh, some stolen stuff on the side just because he's trying to make a little extra money and it kind of, and he gets caught up in some sort of web of something and it gets bigger and bigger. And, um, I'm very excited because I love Colson Whitehead's writing, uh, Nickel Boys, I think was on my top 10 list yeah, a couple years ago. Out. It was like one of my favorite books and um I love his I I don't love all historical fiction but he does a really good job with it um and makes me want to read more historical fiction. He could literally throw a dart at a wall full of book genres and and, and, and nail whatever and the it. wherever the dart, dart landed. Yeah, he's he is very good. What are you reading, Mallory? I am reading a book that is squarely in Mallory's wheelhouse. Uh it is The Book of Accidents by Chuck Wendig that just came out recently. Um it's not a house book, which makes me very excited. Ooh. Um I knew, I mean, I, Chuck Wendig. Wait a second. Is there a couple in trouble? And do they show up at the house and it's going to solve the problems, but instead they find something secret at the house that's going to make things worse? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> uh, absolutely. I was so excited for this. Uh, Chuck's an incredible author, um, but this one I was extra excited for because you know I love a haunted house. Um, it's basically, it's about this couple. <laughs> And they live in the city and they're having a tough time because mm -hmm. their son is, oh yeah, uh, their son's just having a hard time at school. He's very sensitive. He's very empathetic. And um, he's just, you know, he's having a hard time in life and with heart, with life in the big city. The, the book opens up with him um, going through a, a school shooter drill Ooh. and how traumatic it is for mm -hmm. him. Um, and Chuck's a, in real life is a father and like thinks about a lot, a lot of this stuff and is reflected very well in the book. So what happens is the father, um, uh, the father in the book, whose name is Nate, his dad, who was like a very abusive, absolute shitbag of a person dies. And basically his death wish was to sell the family house back to his son for a dollar. And he doesn't originally want to take it, but the kid, they're, the son is so, so ready to leave the city that he mm -hmm. finally is like, okay, fine. And buys the house. The mom's an artist. Um, so they all move out to this house. Some creepy stuff is happening. They think the house is going to be the, the solution to all their problems. But of course, it's never going to be the solution. Folks, never move to a creepy, creepy never house. Never think that the house is, the, the house is the problem, not the solution. Correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Immediately creepy stuff starts happening. There's a mine nearby. There's a, oh, what's a serial killer involved? Mine nearby. You may as well, well, you know, like put it on a, like a Native American burial ground. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's, just, it's so good. Chuck is such a great empathetic writer. It is a honker, but if you are looking for a great book for spooky season to just like sink yourself into, this is a fantastic one. So that's The Book of Accidents by Chuck Wending. And mine is Harlem Shuffle by Colson Whitehead. 
so we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Fee wrote in with a cute bookish date idea. Ooh. I am so so many people have been sending in their bookish dating stories, both good and bad, and I am so here for it. We should be the hosts of a bookish dating show. Ooh. Wait, what does that entail? I don't know. Netflix, call us. Okay. Call <laughs> We're ready. We're not going to give away any ideas for free. Netflix, give us a call. <laughs> Uh, so Fee wrote in, my girlfriend and I recently moved to a new city. We're both huge readers and in an attempt to get to know our new local library better, we've started having monthly library dates. Oh my God. I know. Oh, too cute. Basically, we go to the library and we each pick two to three books that we think the other will enjoy. The only rules are that the books have to be different genres and that we can't reveal them to one another until it's time to check out. Last time we did this, my girlfriend picked out a book for me that I loved and would have never gone on my own. It's a great way to explore the library and to show how well we know each other's reading wheelhouses. Love the show. Thanks for all you do to absolve book guilt and make the bookish community a little brighter. This is such a fucking cute date idea. Very cute. And I like it because it kind of, it brings them together and they can get to know each other better. And like, you know, I do like this. Or maybe they don't. And that's also okay. Yeah. And you get to find new books. So cute. But yeah. We should do a bookish dating show. I just don't know what that entails. I just don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm on board. Listen, I'm here for it. I just got to tell me what is, do we go on the dates with the people? <laughs> They're like people. It's like the Lady of the Tramp scene, but under the table, under the table. We're, we're down there. We're going. Mm, it's going well. It's going really well. <laughs> Tell her she's pretty. <laughs> no, I bet it's like you get teams of people. They're all bookish people, and I don't know. We figure out how to how to put them on a bookish date. Yeah. We, okay. The, if they made, you were, did you see that show Sexy Beasts on Netflix, where the the one where they like people are in like monster costumes and they date they like they have to pick they have to like date each other and decide which one to date based like based off their personality alone because they can't see each other in the monster costume. Costumes. What? Yeah. Did you make this up? No, it's totally real and extremely ridiculous. Um, but if they Are could they do that. sexy monster costumes? I mean, that's a very okay, subjective. Right. Are they, what kind of, are they like, you can't see the people's faces. No. Can you see their bodies? Yes. Oh, you can see their bodies. So it's only a mask. It's for only from the neck up. Oh, 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 it's only from the neck up. So it's not a costume. It's a, it's more of a. Yeah, but you, so they like, it's basically like speed dating, but you have to only assess them on each other's personalities hmm. if, the, if they can do that we can do a book dating show yeah sure that sounds we can we can come up something way better than monster dating <laughs> what is it called sexy beasts <laughs> but we can't come up with a better title than that i bet we could no. i bet we could um ashley wrote in with a hot book tip wow wow, wow, wow. Hot, hot book, book tip, tip. brian mallory um i've been using booksalefinder.com for years now this sounds like a made-up thing that is from directly from heaven yeah <laughs> it shows most library book sales in the state that you live in uh u.s <sighs> and canada check it out and find out the book sales in your area they also show the hours of the friends of the library bookstores in each each state is a great resource for finding cheap books thanks it, ashley this is an extremely hot book tip Being i never heard of it oh my god it's like this is like you could be a storm chaser but for book sales <laughs> absolutely incredible wow. um we'll put a link in the show notes to that website um so helen wrote in about some amazing librarians Here's to another reason to love libraries and librarians and a good example of how libraries fill multiple roles, roles in our communities. I was recently listening to the podcast West Virginia Morning. They were reporting on the Kentucky floods from several months ago and how many people are still having trouble getting help. Enter librarian Lisa Markham from Osley County, Kentucky. She has taken it upon herself to help members of the community fill out applications for FEMA aid, oh, that's going great. above and beyond her usual duties as a librarian to serve her community. That is amazing. And I guarantee you that there is a bunch of amazing librarians down in Louisiana right now mm -hmm. that are helping people 
um, who have been displaced or have or have problems with their homes because of the hurricanes. Librarians are amazing. Yeah, because as we talked on the show, librarians, like, part of their job is books, but part of it is also just community outreach and being a source, a resource for the community. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely amazing. Uh, so quick bookmark for me. We are now less than a month out from Girly Drinks uh, release. Wow, which- time flies, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's a little bit nuts. Um, I will put a link in the show notes. Uh, I am partnering with our friends over at Skylight Books, um, who are just absolutely amazing uh, to do signed pre-orders of girly drinks. There's still plenty of time. You can uh, pre-order your copy right now. I will sign it. I will personalize it. Uh, I will draw things in there if, if you really want, but you can please like be warned. What are you drawing there? I don't know, a little cocktail? Ooh. A little bottle of whiskey Not i'm a ter- like, like a dick or something i will do that <laughs> i will do that i know both i know a bunch of authors who do samantha uh samantha irby does it um patricia oh. lockwood does it if well, you're you like come up with your own thing if you're like i want a goblin with a big butt she will draw it right um so maybe not that okay. but i will i'll do whatever you want in there um but yeah you can pre-order uh a, 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 basically every single event that i thought i was going to do has been either canceled or pivoted to virtual so if you are looking for a signed copy of girly drinks or lady from the black lagoon too um or both maybe um the the best place to get them as of right now and probably until next year is uh through this pre-order link at skylight books great so uh you can email us at reading glasses podcast at gmail.com if you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month you can sign up for our newsletter there's a link in the show notes before we talk about banned books we're going to take a quick break this podcast is sponsored in part by better help online therapy we get our cars tuned up to prevent bigger issues down the road. I just literally did that. We get annual checkups and we go to the gym to maintain physical wellness. You know, Mallory lifts weights. Um, we do a lot of things like that. And going to therapy is like those things. It's routine maintenance for your mental and emotional wellness to prevent bigger issues down the road. Therapy doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It just means you're investing in yourself to keep your mind healthy. So, Here's some things about BetterHelp. Y'all know we love therapy, but BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions. If you're you're a young millennial, you love chatting, you can just chat with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's It can be way more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. So... Let's say you do have something you really want to talk about, something you are going through. Hey, you can talk to someone in, in under two days. So why invest in everything else and not your mind? So again, this podcast is sponsored in part by BetterHelp and Reading Glasses listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash glasses. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash glasses. Glasses. Hi, I'm Joe Firestone. And I'm Manolo Moreno. And we host After Game Show, a podcast where listeners submit games and we play them regardless of quality with a dozen listeners from around the world. We've had folks call in from as far as Sweden, South Africa, and the Philippines. Here's an example. This is a game we call Zooey Deschanel, where you turn a celebrity's name into an animal pun. You have an example, Manolo? Brad Gorilla Pit. Oh, that's a pun on Gorilla Pit? Yep. I don't know. If that's, that's Brad Pitt. Oh, okay. That's a high quality game that you yeah. could expect. Doctor Game Show has new episodes every other Wednesday on Maximum Fun. Check us out, please.
this week, it's Banned Books Week. We're going to talk about the history of banning books, how Banned Books Week came about, and what books you can read to check off this part of the Reading Glasses Challenge. Oh, man. I have a joke about books being in a band, but I, it's not fully formed yet. But you can't think of a name? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is the name of the band? Bo- okay, anyway. Banned Books. Could be ISBN? Mm, good one. Good, good. Okay, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, work. we'll workshop we'll, this. Yeah, 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 yeah. First off, how did books start getting banned in the United States? Uh, the first widely banned book was, book was Harriet Beecher Stowe's Uncle Tom's Cabin, which came out in 1852. The Confederacy banned it from being sold in stores because it was anti-slavery. And even today, most books that end up banned or challenged are books that uh, depict characters of marginalized racial backgrounds or sexual, um, uh, marginalized sexual or gender identities. Mm-hmm. So book banning has been going on for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after the Civil War, uh, the banning continued. What basically the 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 villain of all of this is a government official. His name was Anthony Comstock, and this guy, this true, the original, this guy might be the first trash baby, mm, the OG trash right. baby. Uh-huh, uh-huh. He, what he did is he got Congress to pass a law that prohibited the mailing of any quote unquote pornographic materials, uh, which included books that had any sex in them. Sure. Yes. Uh, so, and the law stayed on the books until 1957 when it was decided that any materials with quote unquote redeeming social importance could be mailed, even if they had sex scenes. Um, so, I mean, the, the problem here is it's, it's a, a government agency getting to decide what is okay and what isn't. Right. And the big thing about Anthony Comstock was that it, you can't really define what pornography is because it's different for every person yes. and his whole thing was he was like I know it when I see it and that made it that means he wants to see it he's a dirty <laughs> little man it means not only did he want to see it but also he got to be the judge the de- decide who was what was and what mm-hmm. wasn't pornography which is going to be different for him versus somebody else yeah and of course and that's why a lot of um marginalized authors like people will be like oh well this is okay for white people right 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 yeah right. Um, and, but by the 60s and 70s, people were basically sort of disregarding the law and writing and selling books about whatever they wanted until. Right. The 1980s and 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 Reagan and the Reagan era when suddenly conservative people felt empowered to make another stink about books um, with things like realistic depictions of racism and sexuality. And then hundreds and hundreds of books um, got started getting challenged every year. Um, In 1982, the American Library Association fought back by creating Banned Books Week, which is what we're talking Mm -hmm. about now, as a way to support the books that were getting banned. And what's nuts is that this all sounds like history, but even today, books are getting challenged in schools and libraries all over the country. And that's what it's it's called now, like challenge books, which is why if you... uh, if you want to read a book for this part of the, the reading glasses challenge, you don't have to read a book that was just like straight up banned. You can read a book that was challenged. Mm-hmm. Um, classics like Toni Morrison's Beloved to even comics like Saga, people are still trying to stop other people from reading books that they think are wrong in some way. And of course, they're normally books about racism, transgender characters, gay relationships, you name it. You know, people, there's there's groups out there that are trying to get kids to stop reading it. Mm-hmm. And right, literally right now, as we speak, as we're recording the show, past past guest of the show, Elsie Rosen, um, who wrote that gay YA book we loved called Camp that was like, we just, I, we both adore that book, um, is having a problem with a library in Irving, Texas. Um, some parents wanted his YA book, Jack of Hearts, banned because they say it's distributing pornography to minors because it has a sex scene. Mm-hmm. Of course, surprise, surprise, they don't seem to care about any uh, YA books with straight characters having sex. 
uh, it's just uh, this book. I wonder what the difference is. <laughs> um, you know, if so if you're in Irving, Texas, please tell the library that you want to read Jack of Hearts by Elsie Rosen, that you want to read any book by Elsie Rosen because all his books are gay and amazing. And there are so – the thing is it's so important for, uh, for kids to be reading this. Elsie um, Rosen was tweeting about the fact that this is the kind of books that help kids learn about – sexuality and relationships and safe sex and all those things that are really, really important to learn when you're a teenager. And it's really, really screwed up that these, uh, these groups and these, um, these conservative people are like, well, no, no, no. Only straight kids get to read about that stuff. Yeah. Only, only people get, or only people only get to read about straight characters doing those things. Yeah. That was something we talked about in the interview with him. He, he talked about how important it was for him to depict queer relationships and queer sex. He thought that's like part mm-hmm. of his mission. Yeah. And he's such a great author. So again, if you were in Irving, get on the horn with your library and be like, I want Jack of Hearts stat. Okay. So, so those listening, you may be like, I've never read a band book, but I just want to, I'm going to name some band books that we've talked about on the show because you definitely have. Um, the Hate You Give by Angie Thomas is one of the top band books of last year. The Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison. This is what actually I read for our challenge this year. Um, the Handmaid's Tale, Fifty Shades of Grey, Goosebumps, 1984, The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. These are all books that have been banned from libraries or public schools someplace or another. Yeah. Basically, so we put this on the yearly re- reading challenge because, one, it's important to know that books are still getting banned for racist or homophobic reasons. And, two, it's important to support those books and authors, you know, uh, and to show the world that everyone should read those things. Um, and so again, if you want to fulfill this part of the challenge, just read a book that's been banned or challenged. Um, we'll put, I'm going to put a link in the show notes. Uh, there's a ton of lists of like, I I think the ALA actually releases, um, lists. It's like, all right, the most banned or challenged books every year. And they have, they have several big lists by decade. Mm -hmm. Um, there's like a, a a list of 50 books that were the most banned from like, uh, 2010 to 2020. Yeah. Um, and like you said, I guarantee you that you have that's not that you've people have you read. may have read one this year without even realizing it a sneaky banned book sneaky made band it, book. made its way <laughs> <laughs> with a little like i'm trying to think with of a little one. guitar because it's playing in a band <laughs> uh, <laughs> and like a little bandit mask yeah 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 it snuck its way in but, but it's, it's just good to know and it's, it's good to be aware that these things are still happening people listening right now who have kids in high school are like yeah of course we know all this um but mm-hmm. if you if you don't like mallory and i it is always surprising when i'm like really the hate you give like it is like a very relevant yeah. book about and and is about like police violence. It just is such an, an amazingly well written book about something that we should all be talking about. Yeah, and Tony fucking Morrison. Can yeah, you yeah, imagine yeah. trying to ban Tony Morrison? Has been banned. I She's feel like banned. she would come down like Thor <laughs> with like lightning coming out of her pen from the sky. It's just it's uh it's absolutely nuts, and that's why it's so important to to stay on your toes with this stuff. Uh, so you can send your thoughts uh, to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Before we solve a bookish problem, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by Soylent, the original food tech company. It makes delicious and nutritious nutrition products in all sorts of convenient formats. Like, for example, these ready-to-drink shakes, which come in powder and, and shake formats. They have 20 grams of plant-based protein, 39 essential nutrients, healthy fats, and 400 calories of slower-burning carbohydrates in one delicious serving. 
Also something I really like, these Soylent Squared, which are these tiny little square uh, square bars that are big on nutrition. They have 100 calories, and you can just take them, stick them in your purse. You know I love a purse snack. Stick them in your purse, and you can eat them at any point in time. But also, what if you're, what if you're in the middle of a good book, and you don't want to get up? You just want to sit there. You want to finish that book. This is the perfect thing you could grab, a little Soylent Squared a little a shake ready to go. You don't have to do any work. You just grab that shake. You start drinking. You can finish finish it up and find out what happens to your characters. We love Soylent. It's the quickest, easiest meal on the planet. So go to Soylent.com slash glasses and use code glasses to get 20% off your first order. That's Soylent.com slash glasses and code glasses for 20% off your first order. Glasses. Welcome back to Fireside Chat on KMAX. With me in studio to take your calls is the dopest duo on the West Coast, Oliver Wong and Morgan Rhodes. Go ahead, caller. Hey, uh, I'm looking for a music podcast that's insightful and thoughtful, but like also helps me discover artists and albums that I've never heard of. Yeah, man, sounds like you need to listen to Heat Rocks every week. Myself and I'm Morgan Rhodes, and my co-host here, Oliver Wong, talk to influential guests about a canonical album that has changed their lives. Guests like Moby, Open Mike Eagle, talk about albums by Prince, Joni Mitchell, and so much more. Yo, what's that show called again? Heat Rocks, deep dives into hot records. Every Thursday on Maximum Fun. Now let's solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Uh, content warning for, for folks. Uh, there is some talk of eating disorders in this section. You can skip to the next one with the little skip button. Skip, I don't know, maybe five, ten minutes uh, and uh, to, to get past this. Cat um, writes in, I've been looking through my bookshelves to find books to donate, and I've come across a bit of a dilemma. There is a book on my shelf still that I realize should definitely no longer be there. This book, which I won't name, centers around several characters in inpatient treatment for eating disorders. What was maybe intended to be a book warning about the dangers of eating disorders instead became sort of a guidebook for me as I develop my own. It taught me all sorts of habits that I've spent years working very hard to unlearn. Here's my dilemma. I obviously don't want to keep this book, but I don't really want to donate it either. I'd rather not play a part in encouraging more people to read it. Do I just throw the book away? As damaging as it was, that feels like such a book send to me. What do I do? P.S. I've recently discovered a new part of my re- reading wheelhouse. Literally any book with house in the title. <laughs> hard same. Yeah, that's hard too. <laughs> um, Bria, what should Kat do? Um, first of all, this is really tough, Kat. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is such a thoughtful um, email. Yes. So I'm glad we're going to talk about it. Um First, you definitely don't have to keep it. Uh, no. This is, a, this is not a book sin. There's no rule that a, the book that did you wrong gets to stay on your shelf. Like, there's like, just because you had this experience with this book, do not have to keep it. And second of all, you really, you you need to let go of a lot of guilt. You you shouldn't feel responsible mm-hmm. um, if this, because this book is already out in the world. I just yeah. want to let you know. It's that not book- like the tape from, uh, what's that movie? The Ring. <laughs> You know, you are not personally personally responsible. No, you're not responsible for it. Uh, If someone wants to seek this book out, they are going to find this book. So you don't own the last copy. Um, 
and and I just also want to say a book that may have been instructional for you may be healing for somebody else. Yeah. Like you you don't know, you don't you don't know where people are on their roads for recovery. Mm-hmm. Um it may be some way a, a a book that can help someone else understand where they are. Um and you can't be in charge of that. So if you've already done something with this book, don't worry about it. If you've already donated it, fine. Uh don't you don't need to carry this book guilt with you. Um but if you are feeling that, I can, if you're, you're waking up with that, that you're like, I can't donate it. I can't keep it. Don't put it in a little free library. Don't, don't do anything. Put it in the garbage or recycling. Like mm-hmm. you, we will free you of this book sin right now. You yep. can feel free to just throw that right away. It, it is okay. Look, look, I bet, I know Kat. Kat recycles. Mm-hmm. Kat does all the, she, Kat, Kat Kat's the person who, who puts her cart back in, yes, the, in the parking lot, who Kat, walks it all the way back instead of leaving Kat it in a parking spot. composts. Yep. Like, you don't have to worry about this one book going into the recycle bin. Um, I'll give you an, another option just in case. I'm sure there is um, uh, an ED program or clinic, and you could call them and see if they want to use this book for another kind of purpose because it may be something they use for working for people to work through this kind of thing i don't know what book this is so you know it's, me to say. it's funny i actually did a lot of research for this part and there are a few books that um yeah that, that people that a lot of them were written in like the 90s and early 2000s yeah. mm-hmm. um that uh, actually well i have, I have a whole thing that i'll talk yeah about i saying. actually wrote my graduate thesis on books like this so, really yeah yeah Holy um, fuck. uh so i so but and the way people use them and then also and the way that sort of transferred to um the internet and chat rooms and things like that the way we went from like books to yeah um but people relate to art in different ways so yes. i don't think you need to feel this sort of guilt you putting this book out in the world is not going to start a bunch yes. of uh so, so don't feel that guilt but honestly we give you permission that's what i think you really want Put it in the recycle bin. Just put it in the recycle bin or in the garbage. I don't care. Like it's okay. Like yeah. we know you. We you are free to do that and don't don't feel bad about it. But we do appreciate this very thoughtful email. Um, what do you think, Mallory? I agree. This is some rough shit. Um, I I used to have an eating disorder. I actually ended up reading a book at the start of the pandemic. Um, that was sort of similar to this. And I was very concerned when I was reading it and it was a really tough read. Uh, it ended up being good in the end, but I was concerned when I was reading it that it was going to um, start me up again. Yeah. Uh, it didn't. And I'm very glad for that. And the, uh, the book ended up being a very good read, but uh, it's something that you have to think about. And I actually watched an author talk recently with one of my favorite authors, A.S. King. And she talked about how a lot of authors have now changed the way they write about this stuff, mm-hmm. um, about eating disorders or suicide to make sure they're not unintentionally being instructional. Mm-hmm. Um, A.S. King has a new book out this um, this year called Switch. It came out in May and she gave this great talk. Um, and she was talking about, yeah, she's like, I just skip over those parts. I, the, all that, that stuff in my book now, books now happens off screen because I don't mm-hmm. want anyone reading it and getting ideas. Ideas or romanticizing it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually, I specifically put this, I wanted to put this dilemma in this episode where we talk about banning books because there's so much debate about books that feature stories like these where some people want to want to read them to be warned and there's a lot of parents who are like I want to give my girl I want to give my daughter this so she can read this and see how horrifying they are um but a lot of parents are like my daughter did read this or my son read this or my kid read this and they got inspired you Mm -hmm. know there's so much debate about it and the thing is Kat you are not a government institution (laughs) you don't have to worry about that you're not a library you're not a librarian you are not a branch of the government you can do what you personally feel is right and if you personally feel feel like your personal copy of this book is going to do more harm than good, 
dropkick it into the recycling bin. You shouldn't feel, yeah, this is about your personal experience. You're not a parent handing this book to your children. Like, I think that is like, that's how you feel about it, how you want your kids to deal with it. That's a totally different thing. This is about you putting that book out in the world and you obviously don't feel like this book helped you in any way. You don't, you don't want to perpetuate what it did for you. This book was, reading this book ended up being traumatic for, for Kat. Right. And you have every right to do I don't know, fucking light it on fire. Who gives yeah, a shit? Yeah. I, when we first started doing the show, uh, a publisher e- uh, sent us, I guess not knowing, uh, sent us a copy of one of my ex's books. Oh yeah, that's right. An ex that I am on <laughs> horrible terms with and I uh, ex who I hope falls into, a, uh, uh, falls into a manhole. And I took that book directly out of the packaging and put it right in the recycling bin. Yeah. And sure. I don't, I do not feel bad about it at all. Yeah. Of course, I like, and of course there's a little tiny part of my brain that's like, what if someone read this book and it meant a lot to them? Like, I, they're not getting it from fucking me. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> the book is out there. Like, and, yeah. and you can't control it, which is, you know, the whole point of the banned books. Like, you can't control it and you have to give people agency to be able to get it. And honestly, the information they're going to get from that book, you can type into the internet and you can find way more information about how, yeah, how to have a deep eating right disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, so you... You putting it out there in the world or not is actually not going to make a huge difference. But it um, will to her. Yes, but to you. And that's what we're talking about yeah. is we're trying to free you of this book, Guilt. Yes. So, cat, light it on fire. Feed it to an alligator or a saltwater crocodile if you're not in the United States. <laughs> send it to the moon. Bury it in your backyard. Bye. Dunk it in a pot of boiling oil on top of a castle. Whatever you need to do, it's okay. We are, you were, I, I wish there was like a sound to do that little like Catholic little absolvy thing. I don't know, mm-hmm. like touch your head and touch your butt or whatever you do. Uh, no, definitely don't touch your butt. That's not, <laughs> that's not part of it. <laughs> Maybe we can incorporate the butt and it will be like a book dumping thing. Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that whole breath was a journey. Cat, you don't have to feel guilty. Do whatever you want. You're fine. Yeah. Uh, so if you want us to solve your reader problem, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Time to answer a recommendation request. Oh, this is also by cat. I did not notice. The same cat? I don't think this is the same cat. I think what? it's a different cat. Okay. But they're both spelled the same. Okay. Cat writes in, I found reading glasses through some other shows on Maximum Fun when my study abroad got canceled and had to come back home to the States to quarantine. I think this is a different cat. This feels like a different cat. Feels like a different cat. But also, sorry, cat, that you had to come back to the United States during the pandemic. What a, that sucks. Cat <laughs> um, says, I've been an avid listener since, and I especially love hearing other listeners' wheelhouses. After taking some time to cultivate it, I thought I'd send mine in. It's Fantasy marketplaces. Ooh, that's a big one for people. Mm-hmm. Traveling circus slash theater troops. Stories with LGBTQIA plus characters. Boarding schools and summer camps. Witches and familiars. Third person narrators with strong opinions. Books about bookstores. A big fan of Sarah Gailey, who I discovered thanks to you guys, and Aaron Morgenstern. Any recommendations you guys have would be so greatly appreciated. Bria, what should someone who loves Sarah Gailey and Aaron Morgenstern read? Well, I'm going to go with the other stuff. And so this is a book we just talked about, but I feel like it was worth recommending, which is Camp oh, by Elsie Rosen. Um, this fits perfect. Yeah, because it has summer camp. Mm-hmm. Um, LGBTQIA plus characters and a theater troupe, not a traveling theater troupe, but it has a theater troupe at the center. This is like Um, a book for theater kids. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, there's no magic, but you will feel magical while reading it. Um, (laughs) It is about a queer summer camp um, and the main character basically comes in and reinvents himself because he wants to attract this kind of 
um, very masculine guy who's like a guy who's there. It's, it is a queer summer camp, but this guy likes other masculine guys and he loves sports and yeah. hates theater kids. Yes. And so the main character is like, he starts doing sports, doing sports. How do you, I don't know, throwing footballs. I don't know. Just, uh, it's and, uh, they just constantly are. Footballs are flying out of the all times. Flying footballs and, like, doesn't paint his nails and, like, really changes his look up and doesn't want to do the theater stuff because there's, like, a big performance every year. And then he's like, ah, I, I kind of do want to do the theater. And so he's kind of, like, gone, goes back and forth between He's trying that. to, like, live in two different worlds. Yeah, it's like, I was saying it's like She's All That, but it's not like She's All That. It's kind of like... Well, this is like an updated, um, uh, not like should be canceled version of Ladybugs. I don't even know what that is. Ladybugs, Sean, Ladybug. It was the one where uh, I think in the 80s, uh, Brandon from Sequest. Brandon, oh, wow. Um, anyway. Sean and I have completely He dresses a girl so he could play on the girls' soccer team. But he falls in love with a girl? Yes. Yes. So it's not... That, but, but it's a very common trope in a lot a of teen yeah. movies where, like, um, they kind of do that a little bit in 10 Things I Hate About You. Oh, yeah, uh huh. Where he like tries to be a good guy, and yeah. well, you're trying to do you're being a person you're not to attract the other person, yes. Um, but it is great and it is a banned book, so you should read this and uh, check off uh, uh tick off a box from the Reading Glasses Challenge 2021 and mm-hmm. also support um, Elsie Rosen because it's a Fucking great book. Yeah, I love that book so much. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So mine, I went for the other thing. This is perfect because these two uh, these two books that we're recommending cover a lot of ground in this wheelhouse. Um, it's a good read-alike for Magic for Liars by Sarah Gailey. It's a, a Lesson in Vengeance by Victoria Lee. And I know this is a good book recommendation because I recommended it to somebody during the Maximum Fun Drive and it just came out. And that person that I recommended it to posted in the Slack that this was a perfect recommendation. Oh, good. So I was very pleased. Um, so we've got Queer Witches at a Boarding School. Oh, hey. Oh, wow. Wheelhouse <laughs> Central. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> And everyone reading glasses, like their all the glasses, like their eyes just lit up. I know all their Actually, little like, ears the li- perked the up. The libraries just like got overrun. <laughs> like there's like a stampede, <laughs> just like a big smoke like smoke cloud going down the street as everyone runs to the library. Um, yeah, so it's about a queer girl. She goes back to her spooky boarding school after her girlfriend dies. Um, and they say the school is haunted by girls that have died there, girls that were into witchcraft. Wow. So she ends up collaborating with this other student there to research like the dark past of the school, but things start getting really weird and creepy and going wrong. Uh, I know I'm going to be recommending this book a lot. I pre-ordered it. Um, it's a really, I think it's a great read alike for Magic for Liars, great read alike for um, Plain Bad Heroines. Oh, cool. Um, there's a lot of really cool stuff going on in this book. Um, and it's a great, I would definitely recommend this for, um, Halloweenies who are, want something for spooky season, but don't want to be scared. Mm -hmm. Um, this is a great one. Um, so that's a lesson in vengeance by Victoria Lee. And Minus Camp by Elsie Rosen. You can always send your recommendation requests in to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember, you can buy Reading Glasses, all kinds of cool new merch in our brand new store. There's a link in the show notes. There's shirts, totes, uh, mugs. Oh, oh, that is... Sean, I thought you were making that weird noise, but it was birthday of the dog. Uh stickers i saw some a few people have ordered stickers from the store and laminated them and made them into bookmarks yeah extremely good idea um there's a link in the show notes to that and if you like the show you want to support me and bria you've listened to this episode and you're like wow mallory and bria could use a little spring in their step 
something to brighten their day, something to that's absolutely free that will help them out. And it is a five-star review on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> it's great for us. It helps us reach more listeners. It helps the show grow. It really, it just, there's, there's no downsides. It's like uh, getting a library card. Absolutely no downsides. Uh, you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast. On Instagram at readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening and thanks, thanks for, for reading. reading.